Hi, I'd like to welcome you to the Seattle Public Library audio tour of the Central Library. My name is Deanna, and I will be giving this tour. We will spend about 30 to 40 minutes walking around the library, acquainting you with the building and some of its features. If you have the tour map, you will find that the areas we visit correspond to the numbers on the map. Anytime during this tour, feel free to take the elevator instead of the stairs or the escalator. Simply go to the appropriate floor and proceed to the next location of the tour. If you want to catch your breath or spend more time in some areas, just put your player on pause. Number one. Let's begin the tour just outside the library on 4th Avenue. Here's a fountain created by the late George Sutakawa. It was the first fountain he created and is called, appropriately, the Fountain of Wisdom. Now enter the library through the 4th Avenue entrance. We are on level one of the Central Library, which opened in May of 2004. Rem Koolhaas, the internationally known Dutch architect and founder of the Office for Metropolitan Architecture, partnered with LMN Architects of Seattle to design this building. Number two. Once inside the building, look to your right. You will see the checkout desk. The computers you see are self-checkout stations that let patrons check out their library materials themselves. I want to direct your attention toward the ceiling. You will see the book conveyor. This is part of the high-tech book handling system called TechLogic. It processes an average of 1,200 books, DVDs, and other items each hour. The system uses a radio frequency identification antenna to detect tags and identify materials. The materials are sorted as they travel along the moving belt, either to be shipped to one of the library's 26 branches or shelved here at the Central Library. This sorting system is located on level two, but because it is a staff work floor, we will not be stopping there. Now let's walk toward the back of the room. We will pass a bright yellow escalator on the left, but don't take it yet. Number three. We are walking toward the literacy, English as a second language, and world languages area that serves our non-English speaking community. Materials for people learning English as a second language and a literacy collection for adult basic skill learners are located here. You will also find books, videos, magazines, and newspapers in several languages, including Spanish, Chinese, Japanese, Amharic, Vietnamese, Russian, and others. Take a few steps toward the Literacy ESL World Languages Reference Desk and look down at the beautifully handcrafted maple wood floor. It is actually a piece of artwork by conceptual artist Anne Hamilton. The floor consists of 556 lines of slightly raised words in 11 different languages. The letters are backward in reference to typeface and the way books are printed. The backward letters recreate the experience of learning to read when the symbols were at first unknown to us. Number four. Let's proceed to the Children's Center now. We are going to walk behind the escalator. Turn left at the telephones. You will pass under a slanted ceiling. This is actually the floor of the Microsoft Auditorium that we will look at later. Go through the door in front of you into the large colorful room. Head up the pink ramp. We are now in the Faye G. Allen Children's Center. Walk around and look at the different places available for children to spend time. The light-colored bamboo floor is adjacent to large patches of brightly colored yellow and pink rubberized flooring. Bamboo was picked as a flooring because it is a durable and sustainable material. Bamboo grows much faster than trees, therefore it replaces what is used much sooner.
Let's stop and talk to the children's librarian. Hi, Anne. Can you tell us something about the Children's Center? Good morning. We have 15,000 square feet of space here for our wonderful collection of 40,000 books and non-book items. Over in the corner is the Anne Marie Galt Story Room, which can hold nearly 200 children and adults for programs of varying kinds. What are those great sculptures on the walls? Seattle textile artist Mandy Greer created three pieces for the Children's Center. Each is based on a character from folklore. Babe the Blue Ox from North American Legend, the Phoenix Fairy from a Chinese tale, and the Magic Grove from a Middle Eastern story. The artwork is made of fabric, paper mache, and steel. If you look closely, you can see many, many interesting details. Thanks. Thanks for visiting. Please feel free to stop this podcast to look around or talk to the staff. They will be happy to answer any questions you might have. Now we're going to head upstairs. Leave the Children's Center by the door closest to the elevators. Walk in front of the elevators, past the windows, looking out on 4th Avenue. We have just made a loop. We're going to take the yellow escalator up to level 3. Did you wonder why the escalators and elevators are a fluorescent green-yellow? The bright color is supposed to draw your eye to ways you can move throughout the building. Number 5. Just before getting on the escalator, on your left, you will pass by the 275-seat Microsoft Auditorium, an exciting part of the library. The library uses this space for all sorts of activities, including dance, drama and music performances, author readings, lectures, classes, and much, much more. If the door is open, peek inside. You may need to pause your player until you get to the next floor. Number six. We are on level three of the library, which is called the living room. At the top of the escalator, next to the entrance, is the friend shop. It has a unique selection of gifts created by Northwest artists, as well as jewelry, journals, cards, books, and items related to the library and its events. The shop is much like the library's compact shelving system. When rolled open, the shelves expand to display the friend shop's mini items, and when closed, the shop conveniently folds into a cube. Number seven. Now walk toward the middle of the floor. As you can see, this floor is expansive and filled with lots of light and incredible public spaces. It is called the Norcliffe Foundation Living Room and it offers comfortable seating, colorful carpets, and beautiful views of the city. Look up! The library structure is encased in steel and glass. The structure is designed to withstand lateral forces caused by earthquakes or wind. The architects chose a dramatic glass exterior to make the building open and translucent. The diagonal grid system is made up of nearly 10,000 pieces of glass. If you compared the weight of the Statue of Liberty to the weight of the steel in the library, there would be enough steel to make 20 statues. The concrete used would cover 10 football fields one foot deep. The glass in the library would cover five and a half football fields. Window washers clean it about twice a year using ropes and pulleys to scale the building. Number eight. Let's head back toward the concrete wall in the middle of the atrium. We will walk on a botanic pattern carpet designed by Petra Blaze. This carpet mirrors the outdoor plants and ties the interior to the exterior. You may also notice that this floor holds the featured film video collection, audiobooks, and the large print collection. Let's continue. Number nine. Continue past the concrete wall toward the teen center and the elevators. 
The 3,900 square foot Starbucks Teen Center is an area designed especially for teens. The designers chose the colors, including the orange polyurethane floor, to appeal to them. Hey, there's Hayden, the teen librarian. Can you tell us a couple things happening in the teen center? Sure, we have a lot of great resources here, like computers and seating that's just for teens. We also have teen fiction, graphic novels, manga, magazines, and lots more. And you can always check in with the librarian to get suggestions for books that you'll actually want to read. Do you hold teen events as well? Yeah, we have a lot of great stuff going on, like homework help, film festivals, and video gaming. And you can always stop in and see what else is going on. Thanks so much for stopping by. Thank you, Hayden. Let's continue. Turn right and walk past the single row of computers and the elevators. I would like to point out the flooring on level three. The floor is made from end cuts of Douglas fir. Rather than wasting the wood, leftovers from the construction industry are used. Number 10. Head toward the black wall at the back of the room. This is the door to the Library Equal Access Program, which we call LEAP. Inside is adaptive equipment and specialized library services for hearing impaired and vision impaired patrons, which help patrons participate in library programs and access the library's collection. Number 11. Turn right and you will see the Fiction Reference Desk and the Maria, Lee, Co and Family Fiction Collection. If you are not sure what to read next, our fiction librarians love to make recommendations to readers based on their interests. Let's head upstairs now. Walk toward the carpet again and take the yellow escalator up to level 5. While on the escalator, we will see another of our art installations. It is a video sculpture called Braincast by artist Tony Orsler. Inside the walls, several faces and their features are projected among the wiring, studs, and pipes. The artwork is designed to reflect the tradition of the public library and its expanding role as transmitter of all kinds of information, whether spoken, printed, recorded, or digital. Once on level five, take a look around. This is the Charles Simone mixing chamber. For the majority of library patrons, the 19,500 square foot mixing chamber will be the starting point of their visit. This floor has over 145 computers, which provide public access to the internet. In fact, the entire building offers wireless internet access. Number 12. At the top of the escalator, take a sharp left and walk over to the balcony that looks out over level 3. Stand next to the concrete wall and look high up on the white wall to your left. One of the library's artwork installations is projected on the wall. Gary Hill, a Seattle-based media artist, created a series of computer-generated 3D objects called Astronomy by Day and Other Oxymorons. These objects have historical references that give the perception that one image is moving away from the viewer only to be replaced by another. Note that on bright days, this artwork can be hard to see. Number 13. Now turn around and head over to the long metal reference desk near the glass wall on the other side of the room. The Quick Information Center is behind the glass. It provides reference service 24 hours a day and 7 days a week by telephone, email, and online chat. Let's ask a librarian to explain why this floor is called the mixing chamber. Hi Nancy! Just what does the mixing chamber mean? Well, the mixing chamber is the starting point for reference in this building. 
If you're not sure where you want to start your search, you talk to a librarian in the mixing chamber. The building's architect, uh, Rem Kulas, created the mixing chamber. The concept is that this is where library users come together or mix with the library's collections and resources and with librarians from different subject areas. Can you tell us what those display screens are? Sure. This is an artwork by the artist George Legrady, and it's called Making Visible the Invisible. As you can see, it's an electronic installation that displays information about what patrons have actually checked out at the Central Library today. The artwork is connected directly to our circulation system. The four visualizations take that raw data and turn it into some very colorful and dynamic displays. The artist intended that the work would be an indicator of what our patrons are interested in at any particular time, and I think it's a very successful installation. Well, we've got to continue with our tour. Thanks for the explanations. Now that we have explored world languages and the Children's Center on 1 and the Teen and Fiction area on Level 3, let's find the yellow escalator that will take us up to the 10th floor. Face the glass wall and reference desk and then turn left. It will be on the far end of the floor. Number 14. On your way to the escalator, look to your right over the metal railing at the vibrant red stairs leading to the meeting rooms on Level 4. There are two labs and four meeting rooms on this floor. They are used by the library for its classes and events, but can also be rented by the public. In comparison to the intense red color in the hallway, the interiors of the meeting rooms are all calm, neutral colors. If you are interested in visiting this floor, pause your player and take a look. There are bathrooms here as well. Let's take the escalator now up to the 10th floor and get off at the very top. Pause your player until we arrive. Number 15. On the one side of the escalator is the Hugh and Jane Ferguson Seattle Room that houses the library's historical collection about Seattle and its region. There you will find photographs, newspaper clippings, maps, oral histories, and much more. On the opposite side of the escalator, you will find a ramp. This leads to the reading room and the book spiral. If you would like to relax a bit, Feel free to have a seat at one of the many chairs and tables in the reading room. Number 16. This is the Betty J. Narver Reading Room. This room is named after a former member of the Seattle Public Library Board of Trustees who was a longtime library advocate. The reading room is nearly 12,000 square feet and the highest point of the ceiling reaches 40 feet. It has seating for over 400 and wonderful views of Elliott Bay. The ceiling features soft white fabric wrapped squares. These acoustical pillows create an atmosphere of relaxation and quiet. Number 17. Now it is time to visit the book spiral. Head down the ramp for about 30 feet, then turn left and pause at the top of the stairs. Take a few moments to look around as you continue down two flights of stairs to level 8. So what is the book spiral? It is a series of flat tiers connected by gently sloping ramps where you will find almost 80% of the nonfiction collection all in one continuous flow that runs through four levels of the building. One of the most difficult issues libraries deal with is how to make it easier for readers to locate what they want from our nonfiction collection. The Dewey Decimal System is a way we organize our books. You will see that the Dewey numbers correspond with the different subjects and get smaller as you descend the book spiral. Look to your right or left at the numbered mats on the floor. These indicate the Dewey Decimal numbers that match the corresponding book stacks. 
In this library, we organize all our nonfiction books in one straight numerical line. Currently, there are over one million items in the Central Library and two million books in the library's entire collection. But our bookshelves are not filled to capacity. There is room for the collection to grow by 500,000 additional volumes. If you take the time to walk through the entire book's spiral, you will come across many of the library's unique resources. These include one of the largest genealogy collections in the Pacific Northwest, the extensive Moritz Map Room, the Maffei Family Aviation Room, featuring a rare collection of local aviation history, and an area for business and investment materials. Number 18. On level 8 in the book spiral is the Art, Recreation, and Literature Department. Here's Carla, a librarian in this area. Hi, Carla. What can you tell us about level 8? You've come to the Peter F. Donnelly Arts and Literature Collection. That means music CDs, an extensive sheet music collection, play scripts, and tons of resources to find images. We also have a light box and camera mount, a performing arts space, and two music practice rooms with digital keyboards. Sounds like the perfect place for anyone interested in the arts. That's for sure. Thank you, Carla. Continue down the stairs to level 6. As we are just about at the end of our tour, I'd like to leave you with some thoughts about the library. Many people look at the building from the outside and think it must have been built as an architectural showcase that happens to be a library. But that's not the case at all. This library is a direct result of literally thousands of hours of community conversations over the past decade to understand the needs and wants of the public and to create a library that can enrich the social and physical texture of our downtown and local neighborhoods. From these discussions, the architects learned about the community's vision for its library and turned it into a structure that is both comfortable and efficient. It embodies not only Seattle's civic values, but also conveys a sense of wonder, expectation, and discovery, exactly what a library should be about. Thank you for joining me on the tour. You can now spend a few more minutes exploring the book spiral or turn left at the bottom of the stairs and follow the signs to the elevator. If you have further questions, please ask one of the library staff members at any reference desk in the library. This is the end of the Seattle Public Library's audio tour of the Central Library. Thank you for joining us.